Welcome to podcast number 126 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We're in a series dealing with miracles. We're going to be talking today about the areas of faith and miracles and whether we need to have faith or miracles first. It's important we understand that because God wants us to have the faith to believe for miracles and to know that He is the source of all of our miracles. So it's going to be an interesting topic today, one I believe you'll be blessed with. So I've entitled today's podcast, How Faith Becomes a Miracle. So with that, let's pray and ask for the Lord to give us guidance and direction as we get into this session today. Father, thank you once again for the opportunity that I have to bring this message at this time to those who are listening in. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises in your word about faith and about miracles and how we want to please you, Lord. And it says in your word that if we don't have faith, we can't please you. So Lord, help us to build our faith and understand that faith is the beginning of all great things that are going to take place in our life. I thank you now for this opportunity for those who are listening in from, quite frankly, in many places throughout the world, that you would bless them, and that you would anoint them, and that you would help us, good Lord, be led by your Spirit to discuss the areas of importance, the areas that will help people, that will edify people, and give them an understanding of how they can see miracles take place in their life. And I'll be careful now, be very careful now, to give you all the praise and all the glory for what's about to take place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I have several goals today in mind. One is to talk about miracles, whether they're considered little miracles or great miracles. I'm going to talk about how faith brings forth miracles and also lay a foundation for understanding really where miracles come from and get a greater understanding of how we can see them take place in our lives and in the lives for other people that we often pray for. So we need to start off in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 it tells us, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Well, I guess there's a couple key things here. First of all, we need to believe that God exists, that God is real. Back in the 1960s, there was something running around America. People were saying that God was dead and that there was no reason to believe in him anymore. Well, those people have moved on in life, and I wonder how well that served them. But today, we understand there's an attack on God, and there's a lot of people that don't believe in him, and a lot of people who do believe in him are not armed with enough information to explain why they believe that God exists. So first, we've got to understand that's crucial to understand this teaching today, and also to understand that God is a rewarder for those who sincerely you know, seek him or diligently seek him, other translations say. So God wants to bless us. God's real. He wants to bless us, but we must be sincere and diligent in our desire to seek him. So from that passage, we read in the scriptures, we can easily understand that we cannot receive our miracles without faith and having a desire to please God and seek him. Now, there have been many debates about whether faith comes before the miracle or whether the miracle must come first in order to help us receive our faith. Well, both of these positions have an impact on miracles. And they're both right, and some are a little bit more right than others. So we'll get into that and see how the Lord directs us. You might need to follow me on this and stay with me because I believe I've got a couple of very important points to make today that'll help us understand how faith becomes a miracle. It's easy to understand that when a person sees a miracle, that it increases their faith. You know, by witnessing a miracle, we see a ray of hope 
and confidence that God is able to perform miracles. All we need to do is look at the miracles that Jesus performed. We see how faith increased in others. And when we experience a miracle, our faith increases. Now, to give you a better example of this, I'm going to use a personal reference, and I don't like to do that sometimes, but it's the person I know best in life, I believe is myself. So let me give you a personal experience with health issues that, that I have needed a miracle in order to survive, quite frankly, in order to even be here today. On three occasions, a doctor has advised me that my illnesses could or would take my life. Now, in all these life-threatening diseases, my faith was challenged. It was a huge challenge. The first one took place when I was 25 years of age. I had a kidney disease that was incurable. After six months of prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, I made my request made known to God. So then I went back to the doctor after he had given me basically a death sentence and told me that there was no cure for this. There was no way that I could survive this and just start preparing myself to end my life early. Now, I was only 25 years old, so I really wasn't ready to go meet the Lord at that time. And what's interesting is that's about within probably a month of that or so is when I became a Christian. When I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was 25 years of age. And then shortly after that, this incurable disease was diagnosed. Now, six months later, the doctor re-examined me and he said, your kidneys are now cured. He says, I don't understand it. I don't know what took place. Then he asked me a question that I thought was rather interesting. He said, what have you done? I thought that was interesting that a doctor would ask me, what have I done? I said, well, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And he kind of said, yeah, right. Uh Uh-huh. He was not a believer. And I said, so what I did was I went and prayed and I picked out scriptures in the word of God that talked about him being my healer and that he's the one, the lifter of my head and that he'll always be with me and he'll never leave me or forsake me. And my wife and I would pray together and we did that daily. And so we did that for a number of, for about six months before I thought it was time to come back and have you just check the results. And I think that's kind of important when we feel that we've been healed. And there was no evidence of the healing because I wasn't in pain. I wasn't sick, but my kidneys were basically diseased and very slowly they would start to take my life from me. And I probably had only a few years to live at that time. So I told him that I, basically I asked Jesus to heal me. Now that is when the doctor said, are you sure that's all you did? You see, he wanted to know if I had taken any new medication or treatment or changed my diet, that maybe that would be helpful to other people. But I said, no, I just prayed. And says, that's when I told him that I, I did increase, though, the amount of water that I was drinking. And he said, well, that's good. He said, but that wouldn't have done it. Now, he had to agree that something miraculous had happened. And from my point of view, he had to accept this miracle. Boy, you could see he was struggling with it. He was kind of wondering, well, is this real or is it not real? Has this guy done something else? There must be some kind of thing that he did or something that he took because he was a man of science and not of faith. He wanted to prove it. And I just said, well, I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that I prayed to Jesus, who is my healer, And now I'm here and you're telling me now that I'm healed and that my kidneys are perfectly well. Now I was 25 years old and since that time I had years and years, decades of incredible good health and particularly in the area of my kidneys. So from my miracle healing, I believe that I have been blessed with greater faith for others to receive 
their healing. So I believe that I was healed. And now from that healing, I can be a witness of God's power, his strength, and his intervention. Getting back to the doctor, finally at the end, he said, well, I guess I don't know how to describe what took place. And I said, well, I believe it's a miracle. And he said, well, it probably has to be something like that. See, he was still fighting it. He wouldn't give Jesus the credit and the glory, but we did. And we thank God for it. And now here I am all these years later, giving testimony of that healing power. And because of that, I believe that your faith will grow. As a matter of fact, when it comes to the area of kidneys, because of this disease and God healing me, when I hear of someone who has a problem with disease, kidneys or kidney stones or whatever, that a great amount of faith wells up inside of me and it increases and I, I can't wait to pray for that person and believe with that person and I've seen many people healed and I thank God for my miracle. So now let's talk about in your life how we can help you understand how faith will bring forth miracles in your life. You know, in previous podcasts, we've looked at the book of Hebrews, which has a list of what I call the heroes of faith, those people who were great leaders who had great miracles take place because of their faith. And we've discussed it. I've read in chapter 11 up to verse, I think, number 12 or 13. So today, I want us to turn back to the book of Hebrews. Let's take a look at it. So I'll be reading in the New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to start at verse 17. I think there's some interesting items here that we can discuss and see how faith can become a miracle. It says here in verse 17, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Now listen to this, verse 18, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Verse 19, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Now think about that. Abraham had his miracle. Him and Sarah had a child, Isaac. And Isaac was going to be one of the greatest leaders ever. And yet Abraham knew that Isaac was the future. He was absolutely the future of all God's promises for what God wanted to do to make Abraham the father of many nations. And then put a blessing on Abraham that that blessing has now gone through century after century and thousands of years have gone by and that blessing on Abraham has now been brought forth to a blessing on us, the followers of Jesus Christ. So think about that. The very source of his future blessing was there and God told him, go ahead and sacrifice your son. And Abraham said, well, I guess I'm going to have to do it. Now, a lot of us have heard that story as, as Abraham went up on the mountain and he figured, well, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, but I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm, I'm not sure I understand why God would want to take my son. My son is my future. He's my hope to be the father of many nations. But then in the back of his mind, because he was a man of faith, he believed, and I think this is wonderful, he, in his own heart, he had to believe the Bible tells us God was able, he said, to bring Isaac back to life again. So if he had to sacrifice his son, then God would bring him back to life. Now, that's what I call a step of faith. You know, many of us in our own life, we have something that we're hanging on to for our future, and we're afraid to maybe let it loose. Maybe we're overprotecting our finances, and then the church has a need and, and needs financial help, but we've got our savings plan. We've got what we want to keep, and we hold on to it, and we grasp to it. But God says, I need that to bless my kingdom, 
and we want to hold it back and we're afraid that God will not bring that back to us. You see, we need to release our faith and step out in faith and give of what we have in order to be a blessing so that God can continue to bless us with other issues in our life and miracles that we need in our life. It might be your time that you're hanging on to that you don't want to use the time that you have and you don't want to share it with other people or, or help other people until you hold on to your time and protect your time so that you're not involved in the church, you're not helping the church, you're not reaching out. And those are things that rob us here. So we can learn a lot from this, a lot from this verse number 17, 18, and 19, where Abraham took what his future was and put it on the line and said, God, basically, if you want me to kill him, I'm going to do it. And I'm, he raised that knife and getting ready to take his own son's life. And, and then, boom, God interrupted and it stopped. And he didn't have to sacrifice his son. He had to be willing to do it. But then to have that faith to believe that in the event that his son died, God would bring him back to life. That is having faith before the miracle takes place. And the reason he had that is because he had seen the miracle of God. That miracle was right there in front of him. It's his own son, Isaac. So that miracle brought faith. And that faith then helped him to receive another miracle, which was simply the fact that Isaac would survive and that God would bless him and God would be honored and glorified through this whole experience. Now in verse 20, it says, it was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. And 21 says, it was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. And this just goes on and on. I I could talk for another hour on this, but I don't have time to do that. But I I really think it's vital and so crucial that, that we all understand that God wants us to have the faith to believe for those things that are not as though that they are and to exercise our faith and bring forth that miracle. Now, from all these examples of faith for a miracle, it kind of brought forth a thought that I had in my mind. And that has to do with what are miracles and how do we refer to miracles and how we describe them. Now, some of these miracles could be referred to as a small miracle and others as a big miracle. Now, I believe that when it comes to talking about miracles, I don't like to refer to them as small or large. I believe that we must never forget that God is the miracle worker and he must receive all the honor and the glory for miracles. And I believe that all miracles are equal because of where these miracles come from. Now, it's true that individuals can receive the gift of miracles. And we read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 10. I'm reading from the New Living Translation in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This talks about the subject of spiritual gifts, or other people refer to them as miracle gifts. And they are miracle gifts, the spiritual gifts from God. It says there are different kinds, in verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. So it talks about, lays a foundation of spiritual gifts. But we move on now and read in verse 7, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Now that's a miracle gift. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. Interesting. 
He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. Now let's stop for a second. A lot of times when people think of the gift of miracles, they refer to and think it's only going to be the gift of healing, physical healing. But that's a separate gift. It says here, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. Now, what's the difference? Well, let me give an example. A miracle gift would be when Moses parted the Red Sea. A miracle gift would be when he struck rock and water came out. Another miracle would be Jesus taking water and turning it into wine. And those are the types of miracle gifts that we can operate in. So it's important we understand that miracles, the gift of miracles, I should say, are alive and well today. And I'll talk a little bit more of that in just a second. I want you to understand the foundation of where miracles come from and the kind of gifts that God wants to pour out upon us. So today, there are those who believe that the gift of miracles ended when the apostles all died. Now, however, our God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I believe that the gift of miracles is active today. They are definitely active today. I have seen the gift of miracles in my own life and in the lives of many others. And I've read about the great men of God, Smith Wigglesworth, who was an amazing evangelist and had the gift of healing and the gift of miracles in his life. And that was in very recent years. He died, I believe, in 1946. I know that's a long time ago, but that's still definitely in modern days and modern times. A lot of us have a problem in talking to people about miracles because people, even of faith sometimes, don't believe in miracles. They, and yet what's, what's so ironic about that? That person of faith should believe in miracles because the greatest miracle that can happen in our life is the miracle of our salvation, our forgiveness of our sins, and a promise to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. That person of faith who's a person who's given their life to Christ has a gift of faith and has had a great miracle in their life, and yet some struggle with understanding miracles. And I, I believe the reason that's true is because they don't read the Word of God to understand how miracles work and how they can work today, and they're alive and well today. Earlier in this podcast, I made a comment about the size of miracles, whether some people call them big, some call them small. So let me talk about that for a minute. I think it's kind of important because there's a very there's an important thing that I need to say about how we refer to miracles. Very important. Now, you may disagree with me on whether we should not refer to miracles as being labeled minor or great, but never forget the source of our miracles. God is the miracle worker, and everything that God has ever does or ever will be must always be considered and labeled as great. It's hard for me to think of any miracle as being tiny or small or kind of insignificant or something this little, because if it's a miracle, it had to come from God, and God is great and awesome and so amazing and so wonderful. Now, we must understand my comment here. I think at least I want you to give it a shot, because some may believe that God gives what we call bigger miracles to some and what we call smaller miracles to others. Some may think that that is how God shows us who he loves more than others. Yet, we must understand that God loves everyone equally. And I believe he looks at miracles as being equal because they're, they're from him. He gives us what we need when we need it. Now, how many of you are happy to know that God loves you and wants to give you your miracle as much as he loves others and wants to provide a miracle for them? You see, God sees and loves all people equally. 
and his miracles are equal. He does not see great people and insignificant people, and I don't think he sees great miracles and insignificant miracles. This may be a little different or difficult, I should say, to understand, but never forget that God tells us in his word spoken by his son Jesus that he loves everyone equally. And so I want to caution you, don't think that because someone got what you would consider a bigger miracle than you received in your life or that you may never have received any miracle at all, don't think that God somehow loves them more than he loves you because God loves everyone on earth equally and he wants to bless us all on earth. I guess one of the best examples I can give you for that is found in John 3.16 where God shows his love and how he loves us all the same. And it says there that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That proves that God loves us all equally. And I believe that means to me and proves to me that God looks at his miracles and his gifts to be significant for everyone. And he doesn't grade them as big or little or great or small or whatever it might be. God believes in miracles and he wants us to have them. And I'm now believing and praying that you will, from this teaching today will understand that faith will lead to miracles. And now God does, I should make a comment here, God does classify faith as being big or little. There's many types of faith. We start with a measure of faith. Jesus talked about, oh ye of little faith, and he also talks about people of great faith. And so faith is a different topic when it comes to being graded as far as its significance or importance. But I believe all miracles are equal. I just believe that. Now, I may be wrong, and the Lord can correct me, I guess, when I get to heaven, but I believe there's enough proof in the Word of God to prove that that's true. So let me just do a quick review of what we've talked about today, and so maybe you can receive and gain from that, something from that. Now, I believe that we must refer to miracles as being great, all of them, and I believe that there's a danger in trusting God for a tiny miracle because it might be that you can't trust God for what we would call a greater miracle. Another reason why I don't like to refer to them as being large or small. God is able to do anything for anyone the way he chooses because he's sovereign. I believe that all miracles are equal in the actions of our mighty miracle-working God. Now, I believe that some need to witness a miracle to believe for their miracle. I believe that, and I believe that faith, obviously, is something that we have. We have a measure of it when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but I believe that our faith can grow. The Bible talks so much about that, and we're going to talk more about that in upcoming podcasts, but I want you to understand that faith can lead to miracles. Now, other people only need to understand that all things are possible with God. They don't necessarily have to see a miracle in order to believe for one. And that's true. I've seen it in my life and the lives of other people. They may have never seen a miracle, never been involved with one, never had one in their life that they can recognize. But the significance of that is that they can believe and understand that all things are possible, that there's nothing too difficult for God, and that God will bring forth the miracle in their life when they need it. So with that, I'm just going to close this thing out in prayer today. I'm also going to talk about here and here in a minute after my prayer about the next message upcoming, so you'll want to stay on and listen to that. But let me just pray for you. Father, I pray a blessing now would come down upon those who desire to see miracles take place in their life. I pray that you'd give them greater faith, Lord, because I know our faith needs to grow. We can always get greater and stronger and more powerful, Father, as we put our trust and our confidence in you and in your word, Father. And I pray now that the Holy Spirit would help and equip us, Lord, to believe in miracles and to pray for miracles and 
and have faith for that. And Lord, I believe when that takes place that we will see them, Father, come forth in our life and in the lives of those that we're praying for and believing for. I thank you for that. I once again give you praise for this podcast today, for the guiding and leading of your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you'd help us in future podcasts, Father, as we take on the topic of miracles and faith. I believe, Lord, that great and mighty things are going to take place for those who believe, those who follow your word, Father, and those who will be instructed, Lord, through your word and through these podcasts to understand how faith can become a miracle. And I ask this now in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I'm going to be going into another podcast coming up and right after this one here. And they usually air a couple of days apart. But I want to talk to you about the significance of what was the greatest miracle. You might first think about the greatest miracle in your life, but that's not the greatest miracle that's ever taken place. And once we talk about that in the next podcast, what was the greatest miracle, we're going to also talk about how that miracle has brought forth a continual line and blessing of miracles throughout the world. I'm going to address questions like, why must we believe in miracles? What's the purpose? What's the reasoning? Why can't we just accept what science has to say? We're going to discuss, do you believe God performs miracles today? And if not, then why? Why do we accept science or our medicine cabinet when we face a physical need? Why is it so difficult to enter into prayer and to believe for something that hasn't happened. So we're going to kind of move from there, kind of giving you another homework assignment, and that is to take these questions and think about them. That's why I laid them out for you. Look at the questions I've given you and receive those and then kind of evaluate them and pray over them and maybe look at some scriptures on them so you'll be prepared for the next podcast, number 127, and it's entitled, What Was the Greatest Miracle? I'm telling you, this is going to change your life. This is going to be something that you can share with your friends, whether they're saved or they're not saved. You can build your faith on it, and I believe it's going to be a very vital part of understanding the power of miracles, where they came from, and how we can receive them. So this kind of brings me to an end of the podcast, but I just want to encourage you, if you're interested in learning more about some of the teachings that I have, you can go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com, and when you get there, you'll see a reference to books that I've written. I've written several dealing with topics of faith. One's entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing, based upon the promises that God made to Abraham and Sarah when they were barren. And they were not able to have children, and God brought forth life. And he can bring life in your need, and I believe it's a book of hope and faith that will bless you. In addition to that, I've written another book there dealing with generosity and what is in it for us, and how can we be blessed by being generous, not just of our finances, but be blessed in our actions, our talents, and our abilities that God has given us. If you have a financial challenge, I've written a book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. I believe that it'll bless you. I know that many people have used it and they're debt-free today, so I would encourage you to maybe take a look at that. In addition to that, if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I realize that this podcast is a little shorter than some of the other ones I do. I generally try and keep it around 30 minutes, but I really feel that we've covered the main points that I want to cover today. So I just would like to close out by just asking you to maybe contact your friends and let them know that we're teaching on miracles because God has a miracle for you and he's got a great plan for your life and I know he wants to bring it forth. And I guess all we need to do is find out the ways that's taught in his word to help us understand how to receive 
receive our miracle and how we can help other people receive and have the faith they need for miracles to take place in their life. So with that, I'd like to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until our next episode, may God richly bless you.